TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, Labor Day is this weekend, and for most people, what Labor Day means is it means a day off of work. It means uh, barbecues in McKeesport here. It means uh, uh, going out to the Rib Fest out at uh, Renzi Park. But Labor Day has a deeper meaning than that. It is the one day of the year that is set aside in the United States and Canada to recognize working men and women. Our guest uh, this week for the full half hour is Richard Capone. He is the director of District Council 84 of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. Uh, Good morning, Richard. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, Tell us, first of all, what is AFSCME, which is the the acronym for the American Federation of State, County, Municipal Employees, which is why it has an acronym, right? Correct. (laughs) That's that's correct. I mean, our our union, um, the history of the union, the international union, really began in 1932 um, in, in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. And from there, um, uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, we, we, we organized, if people may not remember, but um, until the 1960s, the late 60s, public service employees, uh, they were under a patronage system. Yeah, my, were, my grandfather worked for uh, PennDOT um, in, the, in the 50s and 60s and, and could remember when, uh, as he put it, every time the governor changed, uh, everybody lost their job. That's correct. They were hired and fired at the will of their uh, political employers. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point in time, uh, we organized, and uh, it started really a, a snowball effect across Pennsylvania. And uh, uh, my district council is under the umbrella of Council 13, which is our home uh, council in, in Harrisburg. And out of our council, we represent approximately 8,000 members in Allegheny, Armstrong, Beaver, Butler, Green, Fayette, and Washington counties. Now, when we say members, what, what are some of the jobs that uh, folks in, in your district council are doing? Uh, well, we basically we represent a lot of state and non-state employees, um, obviously with, this, with the transportation, public works, custodians, food service, clerical, corrections, probation and parole, caseworkers. I mean, I know I'm going to miss a, a number of uh, classifications, but that's just to name a few. That, so these are the folks who are, are behind the scenes. So you, you have your elected officials, your school board members, your borough council, township supervisors, whatever uh, level of government. Um, but these are the folks who are actually driving the, the, the plow trucks in some cases or answering the phones or keeping the buildings clean or uh, those sorts of things. And, and in some cases, am I correct that the state prisons are represented? The workers in the state prisons are represented by Ask Me Too or no? No, we have we have some members in there, but we do not represent the correctional. Officers. Okay, okay, then not the not the COs then. Um, uh, we do represent correctional officers in some county facilities. Oh, in county jails. Okay, and it's it, it's a little bit confusing, I think. And 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 I had someone from the SEIU on this show uh, last Labor Day, and one of the things we talked about is that you know when I was growing up, everybody it seemed like was in some labor union in, in the McKeesport and, and Braddock areas. It was mm-hmm. the steel workers by and large. Uh, but people were not as there's not as many people in labor unions anymore, and I'm I'm wondering if even people understand like the terminology. You know, when we talk about um, the bargaining unit or we talk about the the local, I, I don't know if people have that uh, frame of reference anymore. No, I agree with you, and I think there's there's a lot of history there. I think that 
uh, I'll speak for my generation when, when I was growing up, uh, as you indicated. I mean, most of the, the, uh, the employment in this region uh, was, you know, either the steel mills or, you know, some other type of manufacturing companies where, you know, they were, they were members of unions. When, and I think, um, you know, growing up under that environment, um, you know, seeing how hard that your parents worked in regards to uh, provide a living for us, uh, and really, it was it was the union, the, the availability of the union, with their wages and working conditions and things of that nature, and the benefits that really were able to provide that. Now, guaranteed, um, we were far from being rich, right. uh, but we were able to. Uh, my mom and dad were able to uh, to raise us to a point where you know we had food on the table, and, and and we understood what what the labor movement was about because we grew up in it from that point. And I think today we don't have that. I mean, I think obviously with with the change in the culture of this area, you know, no more steel mills from that point. We're going into technology, yeah. high-tech things in that nature that, uh, you know, those discussions don't happen anymore, it, 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 whether it's a, at the, the dinner table or, um, you know, for, for whatever purpose. They just, they're, they're, it's a completely different uh, time period. Well, I, I want to ask you about that a little bit later on because we have seen uh, in, in some of these uh, technical jobs and in some of these service industry jobs, we are seeing now increased interest uh, by the younger people um, who remember or, or maybe have heard about what uh, their dad or mom or grandma or grandpa or sometimes great-grandpa uh, were able to do uh, because they were members of the labor unions. And, and we've seen some activity in retail and restaurants uh, with people who want to organize. So I want to ask you about that later on. Um, Rick Capone is my guest. He is the president of District Council 84 of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. So I want to ask you a little bit about your personal history. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, uh, in Baldwin Borough, okay. to uh, Baldwin High School. Uh, graduated from Baldwin High School, and uh, <clears throat> my first, I guess, uh, exposure, um, personally, uh, other than hearing from my grandfather and my dad as far as what the labor movement was about, um, I worked for a scrapyard company uh, called Tube City Iron and Metal. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> ironic, but... Uh, it's ironic since we're Tube City Community Media, yeah. That's but, right. Uh-huh. Up in West Mifflin, uh-huh. uh, PA, and uh, um, that was my first exposure. Became a member of the United Steelworkers there and uh, worked there for a little bit. And then I moved on, um, went to work for the uh, for Gulf uh, oil. Okay. Working up at the county airport, refueling aircraft. Sure. Um, and then from that point, I went to work for the Commonwealth, uh, became a correctional officer. Okay. And, and, and how did you end up then in Ask Me? Well, at that point in time, uh, we did represent the correctional officers. Okay. And uh, um, I became a member, obviously, as soon as I was employed. Uh, got involved very early uh, with the local union, became a steward, uh, worked my way up at, onto the executive board. Uh, from that, and shortly thereafter, became the president of the local. Now, did, growing up, did you have any family members, uh, or your parents in a labor union, anything like that? Yes, my dad was a member of the laborers. He worked for okay. a municipality. Uh, my grandfather worked for the United Steelworkers uh, for the International Union. He okay. also worked for the United Mine Workers too. Rick Capone is with uh, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees here in Pittsburgh, and we're talking about Labor Day. So you you mentioned that um, uh, as you continued your your uh, career uh, in in various jobs, then eventually you became interested in uh, working with the union itself. Or, or was this a volunteer position? You said you were a steward. Uh, was your first yeah, job? Yes, yeah, I worked. I was. Um, I worked for the, like I said for the Commonwealth uh, at, at State Correctional Institution of Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. SCI Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yes, from 1979 to 1984, and, and during that time period, um, I became involved, like I said, with the union, and I came on staff 
was hired by the union in uh, June of 1984 as a staff representative. Why was that a job that kind of like spoke to you, like, this is something I really do, this is something I'm I'm passionate about? Well, I think whenever I started to work, uh, and I started, like I said, at Tube City Iron and Metal, I I really believed, and that was a very, very uh, laboring job. Mm -hmm. It was uh, was very demanding, um, and I realized at that point in time that if we did not have uh, some, some protection, um, that, that would have been uh, much more difficult than it was at that point. And then following that along with when I became a correctional officer, I realized also, too, that, you know, uh, if, if there was someone who had the ability to raise concerns uh, and speak to the employer about the working conditions and things of that nature, um, I wanted to be the person to do that, to be very honest with you. I, if I wanted to try to help myself out because I believed that, you know, in doing that uh, would make, make it better for uh, everybody who worked there, at, at, you know, at that point in time, and also make it better for the future, uh, because everything that you do today obviously impacts of what happens tomorrow. Well, so we I got involved. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, was, no, I, was, that's, I got involved and and realized at that point, as time went on, um, that you know you had a lot of uh, you had a lot of power belonging to the union. I mean, you could go in and and talk to the employer. You were one on one. I mean, and you you know obviously that we were able to uh, make a lot of conditions better. I mean, what you can do in a prison, but. Um, you know, I think it was, uh, <clears throat> and, it, and it really, in helping people out, I mean, really, really grabbed a hold of me. Uh, well, of course, the, the motto of the United States of America, uh, a lot of people think it's in God we trust because that's on the money, but the motto of the United States of America is e pluribus unum, which is right. out of many one. Uh, and, of course, uh, you, you hear growing up uh, that there is uh, strength in numbers, and I think that's a little bit about what you're talking about. You, right. you use the word protection. We have to take a uh, quick 60-second break, and when we come back, I want to ask you about what, that, what, what you mean in terms of protection. What kind of protection is there for employees in, in a union? Why, why does, do employees band together? and want to form a union, okay? Okay. Rick Capone is the uh, director of District Council 84 of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees in Pittsburgh. They represent more than 8,000 workers in 46 local unions across uh, southwestern Pennsylvania. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Support for this broadcast comes in part from the McKeesport Hospital Foundation. Since 1976, the foundation has addressed key concerns that affect our good health, as well as our education, social needs, recreation, safety, and security. The foundation partners with UP PMC McKeesport and other agencies to eliminate barriers to all services for all residents of the Mon Valley. Visit mckhospitalfoundation.com or call 412-664-2590. Welcome back. We're talking Labor Day. It is Labor Day weekend. The Rib Fest is underway out in uh, Renzi Park uh, here in McKeesport. Um, but Labor Day is a little bit more than that. Labor Day, and I'm, I'm cribbing here. I, I look had to look this up. Labor Day in the United States is... Honoring the American Labor Union, the day was, uh, labor movement, excuse me, was first set aside in the 1880s to honor workers. Canada also celebrating Labor Day this weekend. Our guest uh, this half hour is Rick Capone. He is the director of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees in Pittsburgh. They represent more than 8,000 workers in 46 different local unions all over south and southwestern Pennsylvania. Before we took the break, Rick, you, you mentioned uh, that when you were working for Tube City Iron and Metal, you, you, you realized that the union offered protection to workers. By protection, do you mean protecting jobs or protecting their safety and health, or, or what do you mean? I think it's a combination of that. I mean, obviously, when you have the ability to negotiate a contract, it goes a little bit more beyond the uh, wages and hours of work and the benefits. Uh, a big part of that is, is that you're able to negotiate the working conditions, um, and, and that is, in, in, is is very critical. I mean, so there's, 
there's a large spectrum of what, what the, the, the union can do um, or attempts to do when, when you get into the collective bargaining process. I mean, and overall, you have, to, you have uh, the ability to hold the, the employer accountable. I mean, obviously, when we, we negotiate a contract and we agree to the terms of that contract, uh, you know, both parties have agreed that they will, they will abide by that. So there's, you know, there, there are, it's not a, a perfect document for either side, but, uh, you know, what, when things don't go according to what we believe the contract says, then we have a right um, to, to, uh, to file a grievance and, and go through the process from that. And also through job protection. As we said before, uh, you know, those were those days where you had to buy tickets and you had to do a yeah. number of things to keep your job. Um, so obviously, you know, when, if you are terminated or discipline is taken from that point, <clears throat> excuse me, then you have the opportunity um, to go through the grievance process and have an impartial person determine whether that was just or not. I, 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 if, if people remember their U.S. history class, and I'm, I'm, the older I get, the less I remember, but one of the things you learn about is in the 19th century in the federal government, they had what was called the spoil system, and it was, you know, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the program, every time the administration changed, uh, everybody got fired, and you had to, as you said, you had to support whoever was politically in office, you had to support them financially, you had to go out and work for them if you intended to keep your job uh, in the federal government, and I, I can't remember now which president might even Chester Arthur put an end to the spoil system in the federal government and became civil service. But as, as you pointed out, and as my grandfather could remember, um, up until the 1950s and 60s in Pennsylvania, that's still how it worked. There were no worker unions, and every time the administration changed, uh, all the PennDOT workers, for instance, got let go and had to, had to reapply. Correct. So there, was no, there was no seniority. It was not based on your experience and so forth. What, I think there's a – let me put phrase this in the form of a question. I was going to make a statement, but I'm going to phrase this in the form of a question, and I should, I should come clean with people and just admit that I, I myself am in the labor union. I'm in uh, UAW Local 1981, which is the National Writers Union. But um, l- l- let me just put this in the form of a question. Is there a perception among the general public that all labor unions are about our wages and benefits and all they're about is going on strike? Because I think that's – when, when, when the labor movement is covered in the newspaper or, or on the websites, that's all that's mentioned is, well, they're striking for higher pay and benefits. But I haven't actually heard you mention that. I've heard you talk about working conditions. I've heard you talk about how workers are treated. I've heard you talk about everything but the pay and, pay and benefits. Right. Yeah, and I think there is, you're correct. I think there's a, um, there, there's a movement on, uh, obviously, where you know, the American workers, uh, particularly the labor movement, are, are under attack. And I think it goes beyond... Um, the, the attack of, of the labor unions. I think it's, it's really attack on the middle class because, you know, the labor movement, uh, the unions built uh, the middle class from that point. And I think you have uh, a, a number of politicians who, who realize at this point in time that, uh, you know, we, we, to silence the middle class, you've got to take away what, what created that, and that's, that was the, uh, the, the, uh, the unions from that point. So it is about that. I mean, it's not about the wages. It's about protection. It's about having a right um, to speak your piece when, it, it, you're in, when you're at the workplace. Um, you know, we, we, we have a number of politicians who, um, you know, they'll, they, they speak one thing and do the other from that point. I mean, they're concerned about, uh, you know, human rights or things that are going on all over the world. You know, but here they're, they're, they're proposing legislation to take things away from people every day. Yeah, I would, I would mention, too, that, that, and this is probably a little editorial comment on my standpoint, but I, I don't think that's a Democratic-Republican issue or a liberal-conservative issue. I think, as you sort of alluded to, there, you can hear that on both sides 
uh, of the political spectrum. Um, like as you said, uh, we're interested in foreign affairs, but not necessarily what's what's happening uh, in, in on people's bread and butter uh, table issues. Uh, the working people, that is. Uh, Rick Capone is uh, director of District Council 84 of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, uh, based in Pittsburgh. You can visit their website at afscme13.org. And I'll give that address out a couple more times during the program. Uh, one of the things we, you know, we, we were talking about as, as you were growing up, and, and even as I was growing up, uh, it seemed like everybody was in a manufacturing. A lot of people were in manufacturing in western Pennsylvania, and it seemed like all those manufacturing jobs were unionized it's it's the manufacturing sector in the united states has has really been devastated so many of those jobs have gone overseas and that means that labor union membership at least in the private sector has has really taken a beating these the traditional big unions some of them have merged together like the rubber workers merged into the steel workers for instance you organize people in the public sector you represent people in the public sector what, what are the challenges to organizing and representing people in these government positions well, I think the challenge is, like as I indicated before, is number one, uh, there, there's a different, um, uh, I guess, work ethic or work, work workers that are coming, you know, into the system at this point. I mean, we have the challenge is that uh, we have to re- redefine ourselves to to, to a lot of new employees because, as I indicated before, you know, the, that that conversations aren't happening at home. Um, yeah. you know, and, and for the most part, you know, their their parents uh, probably don't belong, or very few do. Uh, belong or, or did belong to a union from that point and uh, you know so that's we're redefining that we've learned that you know uh, we can't take for granted anymore that somebody who comes into the workforce uh, completely understands about uh, you know how we got to where we are um, you know why you have what you have in regards to this contract because uh, some cases that's not they don't understand that and I think we have to you know uh, redefine that re-educate uh, our, our staff to go out and perform the job differently uh, to, to, to make, and that's, that's, that's a culture change. And we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. It's not going to happen overnight uh, because we didn't get to this point overnight also, too. It takes, uh, you know, sometimes decades to get where we are, and it has because yeah. of, of what's taking place here. So, um, you know, the challenges are always going to be there for us, and we, we have to realize that. Um, you know, and we have to realize also, too, you know, that the solutions that we had uh, that worked in the past they may not be the correct solutions for the future in regards to there. So we have to think outside the box, and I think uh, sometimes that's difficult to do. You know, I mean, sometimes yeah. people are very set in their ways, um, you know, in regards to that, and uh, so we have to we have to motivate people to be able to take on that challenge. Well, well let me ask, though, when you sit down with, with some of your younger uh, rank-and-file members um, and you talk to them, d- 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 how, how do you win them over? Some of them may have already been won over by uh, coworkers or something, but I'm sure you hear some complaints, and, and how do you talk to them then? Well, we have, and we realized that, and we came up with a, 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 a program that's called the Next Wave, and that's a younger uh, the members that are, I mean, 35 or, or younger in regards to that, and, and we solicited uh, those, those members who really wanted to take a part of, of, uh, and develop a program uh, where we could, so we could, we could go out and talk to uh, those younger members to see, you know, what it was all about. Obviously, we don't know. We don't work there all day. Yeah. So those 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 members did, and uh, that program has been been on for a couple of years. And they meet uh, and discuss things as far as what they believe uh, we can do better. Uh, which you know we we should we're listening to them. Um, we're we're redeveloping uh, programs where we can you know get more of the young people involved. We're having uh, conferences uh, for younger people, not only with, within uh, our state, but 
the, the International Union has also done that too. And I think we're starting to uh, we're starting to make some inroads in regards to uh, you know educating those those new members. Um, and they, and, and they got energy. I'm telling you, they have a lot of energy, and they go out um, and, and really are helpful in regards to to building the union. Rick Capone is the director of District Council 84 of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees uh, based in Pittsburgh. They have more than 8,000 workers that they represent uh, working for the state, municipal, and county governments uh, around western Pennsylvania. Uh, we have one another break to take, actually our, our, our last break, but uh, before we do that, your union also represents... It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, and I might be, <laughs> I often am, uh, white-collar and blue-collar folks. You represent uh, folks who are in technical and professional jobs as well as folks who are in uh, laboring jobs. Is that correct? That's correct. Does that re- represent any kind of special challenges? Do you have to do some sort of, I don't want to say mental gymnastics, but do you kind of have to shift gears? Um, well, it is, because they have different kind of needs. It is. It's a different group of people, and it's a different... Uh um, you know, most most of the uh, professional units, which we call, uh, most of most have college degrees, uh, whether they work for the county or the city. Um, you know, and, and it is a different challenge because it's it's uh, uh, you know it's it's different than um, talking to somebody who you know doesn't uh, that does different work. Yeah. I don't want to be to a point. It's it is different, and it does bring different challenges in regards to uh, convincing them that they really you know that you know it, that the union is really a benefit for them. I mean, and that's. Uh, well, so, someone who's who's working with heavy equipment, for instance, uh, they have a very you know, they know how important it is to have safety protections, and they know how important right. it has, is to have uh, health and welfare uh, information. But someone who's in an office working in an office chair, they they are exposed to different kinds of risks. They're exposed to different kinds of situations, and and yeah, I, I could see where that would uh, be a bit of a challenge. That is a challenge, and, we, and we're learning obviously over time for, to. Uh, Know, to deal with that in, in, in the appropriate ways. Rick Capone is Director of District Council 84 of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. You can find their website at afscme.org. We'll take you to the main union website. We'll be back for a final few. Support for this broadcast comes in part from the McKeesport Hospital Foundation. Since 1976, the foundation has addressed key concerns that affect our good health, as well as our education, social needs, recreation, safety, and security. The foundation partners with UPMC McKeesport and other agencies to eliminate barriers to all services for all residents of the Mon Valley. Visit mckhospitalfoundation.com or call 412-664-2590. And we're back for a final few with Rick Capone from Ask Me, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. It's Labor Day weekend, and we are talking about Labor Day. Uh, Rick, uh, there is a t-shirt that um, during the Labor Day parade, for instance, a lot of union members will wear that says something like the labor movement, the people who brought you the weekend. Um, and, and we are going to be celebrating people. Most people are going to be having Labor Day off, although maybe not as many as used to. Uh, besides the five-day work week, which was not given to people uh, voluntarily by uh, worker, by employers, it was demanded by workers, what are some of the things that, that we now take for common in the workplace, we take for granted, that were a direct result of the labor movement? I think we take a lot of things for granted, to be very honest with you. Not only the five-day work week, uh, but as I indicated, the, the, the ability um, for working conditions, which is very important, um, the ability to have a voice at the workplace um, to, 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 to deal with uh, any issues that come up from that point, um, you know, to be able to provide a, a, uh, a decent living, you know, for your family um, from that point. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot that the labor movement has done, and obviously, as, as I indicated before, 
you know, it actually built the middle class. So if you look back into the in the 50s and the 60s, you know, based upon um, you know what was going on at that point in time, obviously that was the middle class was a very strong group of people. Not that it's it's not, but there's an attack on that. It's, that has point. definitely shrunk, and and as as the manufacturing base has has shrunk, and as those uh, jobs that were represented by organized labor have, have shrunk. As we've been talking, one of the things that I was reminded of the. Um, Great civil rights leader of the 1800s Civil War era, Frederick Douglass, said, power concedes nothing without a demand, um, I believe was the way he phrased it. And the, the power is the employers, right? They've got the, they've got the power, they've got the machinery, or they've got the job, and the demand is, is produced through the union, correct? Yes. Okay. And I think you're going to see at some point in time, you know, I mean, there, the pendulum swings back. Uh, history will show that for, for a number of of issues over time, and I think back that I see that now you'll believe that, that I believe that uh, we were, were reached that point because you know based upon what's going on on the national political side of things and you know the president candidates and stuff like that that you know uh, people are going to be exposed the parties are going to be exposed uh, in regards to what the real truth is, not what you hear uh, you know on Fox News or you hear on whatever other stations that are there from that point um, so and I think people are paying more attention. And I think uh, once people pay more attention, I mean, everybody has busy lives. You know, they're yeah. both working, yep. they're taking their, their kids to, to sports activities or, you know, other things of that nature. But, you know, there, there, there are things that are going to make people realize and listen to what's going on. And I think at that point in time, you know, the rhetoric that's out there that's saying, hey, you know, uh, this is good for you if we become a right-to-work state, and this is good for you if we take away pensions from these people, and this is good for you, you know, if we take away their health care because you don't have it. You know, uh, then they shouldn't have it, and I think people are going to start to realize and say, you know what, that's not that's not the way that it should be. You know, I want that, um, and 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 I think that's going to happen. We 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 are seeing, and, and and we only have a few minutes left, but we are seeing an increased interest. We've seen uh, interest from workers at uh, places like Starbucks and uh, yes. Jimmy John's Subs and McDonald's um, become interested in working. We've seen uh, efforts to organize places like Walmart. Um, if somebody wanted to organize their workplace, um, and, and I suspect that most of the uh, county and municipal employees, at least in, in our area, are already organized. I, I know the Teamsters, for instance, represent uh, workers in the, in the city of McKeesport, and you mentioned the Laborers Union. I think even the Steelworkers represent some municipal employees. Correct. But if, if someone wanted to organize their workplace and, and they're in the private sector, what, what, what do they do? How do they, how do they go about that? Well, they'll, they'll, like for our organization, if they would want to do that, I mean, we receive calls here, and then we refer them to our organ. We have an organizing department out of uh, our Council 13 office in Harrisburg. Okay. Uh, they would contact those individuals and then uh, uh, very confidentially would discuss, you know, who, what, when, where, and why. Uh, and they would guide them through the process if they if they really wanted to do that. And it's not a it's not a choice to make without risks, though. I mean, there there are no, no, su- no, no. there there are supposedly, and I, I'm I'm using this, the quotes around that. There are protections for for workers who uh, want to organize a union. But I, I have a friend of mine who uh, is in the Baltimore area, works for a healthcare company, and um, five of their senior supervisors were fired, terminated because the workers were voting to to join a union. Correct, and that's the fear that's out there. I mean, and I think that's that's. Uh, uh, you know, and, and it's really sad, and I, I think that's the challenge that was there. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, uh, but 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 you look at the history of the labor movement. I mean, these are these are, are, are large challenges. Don't get me wrong, but you know what what men and women did um, way back in the day to be able to organize uh, was was a lot more different than it is today. And I think that you know those challenges that face us certainly you know you got to be careful. I mean, even you know at any point in time, but. 
Um, you got at some point you got to make make a make up a decision make a decision to say, you know what I don't this is not for me anymore. I want something better and I deserve something better. And you're finding those pockets as you indicated of those individuals who are willing to do that. So. You know, and, and uh, that's 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 very important, I think, for the labor movement to continue. What, what's the next big fight? We have about a minute left. What's the next big fight in in your mind for the labor movement in the United States? I think the next big fight, obviously, is the election, uh, the okay. presidential election, because obviously that that person that gets elected is going to be, you know, uh, they're going to appoint probably three Supreme Court justices. And I, I see, uh, is, is we went through just recently a case that would really affected the uh, the public employees, Friedrichs versus California. Um, you know that would have been that would have been devastating to us. I mean, from that point, so there are cases. That's what they realize that there are. You know, the ability to move legislation is very very important, and that's where the trend is going right now to move legislation to impact public employees or all employees who belong to unions. And eventually, let's get it to the Supreme Court. And if you got the majority on the Supreme Court, you can control control everything. Okay. Um, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Richard Capone is the director of American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, District Council 84, which represents workers in 46 local unions across southwestern Pennsylvania. He is a native of Baldwin Borough. You can find out more about the union and what they do at AFSCME.org. Richard, thank you for taking some time to talk with us today. I appreciate that, Jason. Thank you. Happy Labor Day and so long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated, WEDO Radio, or those of WZUM 1550. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution or find out how you can underwrite this program, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, DO Box 94, Keysport PA 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online.